I want to start off this morning by reading uh, a story from the book of Joshua, um, starting in chapter 3 and, and then going on into chapter 4. And I'm going to read the whole story, uh, both uh, chapter 3 and chapter 4, but before I get started reading, I kind of want to um, provide some context for where we're at in Scripture here. So, uh, you know, God had promised Abraham that he was going to make him into a great nation, right? And so his descendants were going to be uh, like the sand sand on the beach. They were going to be like the stars in the heaven uh, for numbers. And so God had made uh, and, and made numerous promises to Abraham about uh, what those people, what his family would be like. He made promises to him about the way that he was going to bless him and the great nation that he was going to make out of Abraham and his descendants. Well, they end up uh, over time. Uh, his his descendants end up being captives in the land of Egypt, and eventually God raises up Moses, and Moses leads them out of that situation, and they have the Red Sea crossing, and then they go out into the desert, and uh, uh, God wants to bring them into the land that He had promised Abraham that He was going to establish that kingdom. Well, uh, they they find the land and. And, and they send out spies to check out the land. And Joshua uh, was one of those spies and Caleb was one of those spies. Well, when they come back, uh, most of the spies say, yeah, it's a really nice land, but there's giants in the land. There's no way that we can take it. And only Joshua and Caleb said, you know, uh, it's a great land. It's a good land. God's given it to us. Let's go get it. Well, they get overruled. And so uh, they end up spending, the Israelites end up spending 40 years out in the desert. God says, None of you that, that have walked in this unbelief of what I'm going to do are going to be able to walk in the promised land. So uh, so they spend 40 years out wandering in the desert. And now uh, we get to we come to Joshua. Moses has just passed away and Joshua is standing there on the banks of the River Jordan uh, with with his people. And they're getting ready to cross over the River Jordan. Now, when they cross over the River Jordan, they're entering into that promised land that God's promised to give to his people. So we're, we're at a point in, in history where the nation of Israel is about to be born and uh, a, a, a big portion of, the, of God's promise to Abraham is about to be fulfilled. We're about to see that promise come to fruition because they're going to cross over this river. They're going to take that land that was promised. And so uh, that's kind of the context that got us up to uh, this chapter three of Joshua. That's a real quick, cheap and dirty, uh, maybe not dirty, but a real cheap, uh, quick history of, of what kind of got us to, to this place. So starting in verse one of chapter three, it says, uh, then Joshua rose early in the morning and set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So they're lodging. On one side of the Jordan, they're getting ready to cross over. It was So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before." And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. 
And then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests of those who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, they shall stand as a heap. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters came down from up that came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away from at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the Sea of Araba, the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground, until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. So what's happened here is the Israelites or the nation of Israel, or soon to be born nation of Israel, all the people were stopped on one side of the Jordan waiting to cross over. The Jordan River at this point, at this time of the year, it's flooded, right? And so they don't have a way that they can get all those people across. So God said, send the priest with the Ark of the Covenant out into the river, I'm going to stop it, you know, supernaturally dam up that river so that they can go across on dry ground um, into the promised land, into the land that 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 uh, God had promised Israel. Uh, moving on to chapter four, uh, it says. Which chapter five there? Okay, it says, And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that, 
The waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Then Joshua set, tw- set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. So the priests who bore the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua, and the people hurried and crossed over. Then it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over, that the Ark of the Lord and the priests crossed over in the presence of the people. And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh crossed over the or crossed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses had spoken to them. About 40,000 prepared for war crossed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they had feared Moses in all the days of his life. Then the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Command the priests who bear the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come up from the Jordan, and it will... And it came to pass when the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come from the midst of the Jordan and the soles of the priests' feet touched the dry land that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all of its banks as before. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. And then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he had dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that is, the mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So that's a that, that's a lot of lot of reading this morning, uh, but I wanted to get the full the full context of that story. I wanted to read it right to you, to you right out of Scripture this morning, so uh, we all know uh, what it said. But I, I I have some thoughts about those memorial stones that they pulled out of the Jordan River. You know. Uh, those those stones, that memorial that was set up, would have served multiple purposes for those descendants of the people that crossed over the Jordan. Because they were taken out of a river, a dry riverbed. God stopped that Jordan from flowing so that they were able to cross over. And then those those men that retrieved those stones, they were able to go out in that in a dry riverbed and grab those big boulders out of the river and carry them up on a dry land. Um, this this memorial was was a remembrance. They could look at that and see what God had done. God had worked a tremendous miracle to get His people from one side of the Jordan River to the other side of the Jordan River. And so, you know, future generations uh, there were going to be 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 
people born that didn't see that happen. But they could see the, that, that memorial stone, those memorial stones stacked up and remember what God had done. Not only that, but uh, so, so when they crossed over the Jordan, they were crossing over the Jordan to take that land. All those different funny sounding uh, tribes, the, 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 the names of those people groups that lived there, those people God was going to drive out before them um, and, and he was going to do a mighty work. Uh, you know, those memorial stones would have served as a reminder for those warriors that were going into battle. Look what God did. He's been good to his word so far. He's going to be faithful to fulfill the word that he gave to us. So they could look back, you know, when they were fighting those battles and and uh, going through, you know, battles. Wars are not uh, not not a fun necessarily, not an easy necessary time uh, to fight. But they were able to go and look at those stones and see what God had done and know that he was good to his word and he would continue to fulfill his word to his people. And those stones stood there throughout time and the nation of Israel as you know as they went on they were able to look back at those stones and remember what God has done and know that his word is true so not only had God done great things in the past to fulfill his word but he was going to continue to do great things in the into the future to fulfill the word that he'd given to them so those memorial stones became a pretty important um uh, monument for the children of Israel going forward. Now, uh, a couple of Sundays ago, Pastor Steve preached a sermon about prayer and fasting. We probably all remember about prayer and fasting. And I remember him saying that uh, that wasn't a real joyful topic to, to address. Maybe prayer prayer's a little more fun than the fasting side of it, but nobody really wants to hear a message about fasting. But there was something that he said in that um, in that sermon that really resonated with me and that I think um, I really got excited about. Um, and that statement was that God had told him this was going to be a year of fulfillment and harvest. It was going to be a year of fulfillment and harvest. And I, boy, that resonated with my spirit, but it really excited me about uh, what God's going to do this year. And... Um, you know, I think we all kind of have a picture of what the harvest is, right? Uh, the, the, that God wants to, um, you know, we've, we've been working, we've been planning, and now we're going to see a harvest, right? We're going to see a harvest of souls one. But then I also, this word fulfillment is a, uh, an interesting word, and I think we need to be excited about God uh, saying that this is a year of fulfillment as well. Um, I want to look at... Um, Matthew chapter 1, we can get a, a scriptural context of fulfillment here. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, and I'm going to look at about verse 22 and 23. Um, it says, so all this was done. Now, we've, Matthew's just told us the story of Jesus' birth um, and how he came and, and, and was born. And... In verse 22, it says, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And in, in my uh, 
a little electronic version of the Bible. It's got a little funny uh, bubble right there beside verse 23. And if I click on that, it says Isaiah 7.14. So it's kind of if you have a chain reference Bible, that's kind of what it's doing. So this verse um, uh, is uh, is a reference back to some, an Old Testament scripture, which is Isaiah 7.14. So if we go back to Isaiah 7.14 and see what it says there. Uh, it says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. So this, uh, this passage in, in Isaiah 7.14 is a prophecy that was given by the, the prophet Isaiah uh, about the the coming king, and then in, or about the uh, the Messiah, and in Matthew chapter one, verse uh, verse twenty two and twenty three, we see the fulfillment of that prophecy. So the Isaiah gave the prophecy back whenever he gave it, and then when Jesus was born and came to the earth, that was the fulfillment of it. That thing that. Isaiah had prophesied it came to pass. That makes sense. So the context for fulfillment here is that the prophecy that was spoken, the word that was spoken, the word that God spoke comes to pass. That should get us kind of excited, right? We've heard some pretty exciting words spoken um, about this church and about this town, about this place, about this people that have been spoken in the past that maybe we haven't seen come to full fulfillment. When God says this is the year of fulfillment, I believe it's, it means it's the year that those prophecies that we've heard in the past, they're going to they're gonna be fulfilled this year. We're going to see those things come to pass. And it's interesting, if you flip over to uh, Luke, uh, I think it's chapter 2, um, it's talking about when they brought Jesus uh, to the to the temple to redeem him, so he was the firstborn son, and they had to give the two turtle doves or the two uh, pigeons uh, to to redeem the firstborn son. Well, uh, when they went to do that, if you remember in that story, there was a guy named Simeon, and Simeon was a faithful man uh, that had, that had served the Lord, and the Holy Spirit had come upon Simeon, and 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 it revealed to him that. He was going to see the fulfillment of the promise. He was going to see the promised Messiah before he died. Well, Simeon got to see Jesus uh, on that day of his dedication. And then uh, a couple verses later, it talks about Anna. And Anna was uh, a, a, a faithful woman. And it says about Anna, so she got to see the fulfillment. But it's interesting, and this is kind of a sidebar just to tie back into that message about prayer and fasting. But she got to see the fulfillment of the prophecy as well. And it says that Anna had served the Lord day and night with prayer and fasting. So Anna got to see the fulfillment of the prophecy, but she had been serving the Lord through prayer and fasting. Now, I don't think it's coincidence that God delivered us to a message that uh, this was going to be a year of fulfillment. In, a, in the same message that he was talking about prayer and fasting, do you? I think that that's. I think that 
that's something that we can take to heart. And the good news is, you know, I don't think that Pastor was talking about fasting just that week. So the good news is, if you haven't had a chance to fast yet, you got a chance coming up this week and next week and the week after. We That prayer and fasting needs to become a discipline in our Christian walk. That needs to become part of what we do. But I think that God is tying the fulfillment of the, the prophecies that He's made uh to that prayer and fasting, that discipline of prayer and fasting in our lives. It's not going to move Him, it's going to move us, right? When we pray and we fast, we're going to align ourselves with with Him and what He's saying and what He's doing. And so, you're probably asking yourself, why did I read that big story about Joshua and then talk about uh, uh, prayer and fasting and the promise? Well, those stones that they pulled out were a memorial to remember what God had said and what God had done. And it was a reminder for those people to know God had kept His Word that far and God was going to continue to keep His Word into the future. And I think when we've had that promise that it's a year of fulfillment, we need to go into the River Jordan. We need to pick up some of those stones, those promises that God has made to us, those prophecies, and remember God's been good to His, good to his Word so far. And he's going to continue to be good to his word. We're going to see the fulfillment of the prophecies and the things that he's said about us. So I think uh, kind of what I'd like to do today, and unfortunately Rowene's not here and Angie's not here and and uh, uh, Mary's not here because... Um, there have been a lot of things spoken about this church over the years. Um, a lot of prophecy given about this church over the years that maybe we've seen come partially to, to fulfillment or maybe we haven't seen come completely to, to fulfillment, but that God wants to fulfill. And I think we need to make a memorial of those stones, those words that He said, the prophecies that He spoke, um, so that we can start expecting, we can start believing, we can start praying and fasting that we see the fulfillment of the, the words that were spoken. And I know um, uh, part of that was, you know, a tremendous revival was going to happen here in this town. A tremendous revival was going to happen in this community. And that uh, Crawford would kind of be the seed of a revival that would sweep across the country, right? Is this, I know Casey was probably there at those times, Nina. Well, you've probably heard some of this stuff, right? My going back to the the Elden days, but I think we need to remember what God has said, so that we know what to expect and we know what to be praying for. We know what to be fasting for uh, in this year of fulfillment, right? See what God's going to do. So maybe some of you, some of you. And I also think this applies to us personally too. I think. God has spoken to to us as individuals, right? This is what I'm going to do in your life. And some of those some of those things that He said, you maybe haven't seen come to pass yet. So I think that you know maybe not on this board, but in your in in your head or write down on a piece of paper or whatever. You know, this these are the things that God has said to me. This these are the things that God has spoken to me, and I expect in a year of fulfillment. As I pray, as I fast, as I align myself with Him, I'm going to see those words come to come to fruition. I'm going to see them come to pass. So, 
What do, you, what do you maybe remember about the prophecies that have been spoken over this body? So the Spirit will flow like water from here, south and east. Be poured out like water from here. And we've probably seen that to some extent, but have we seen the fulfillment of what God wants to do? I don't believe we have. But I think I believe that this is a memorial stone. We can start to stack up and we can look at this and say, when, when, when God's talking about a year of fulfillment, we can expect these things to start to happen, right? What else? Who, what else do you remember? So what what I kind of remember that about that was uh and again a lot of this stuff goes back to when Eldon was here, right? Um revival starting here and spreading to the nations. I don't think probably anybody's going to be able to read this. I mean, just these first two, when you look at those and you think about God saying this is a year of fulfillment, if that doesn't start to stir your spirit, if you don't get start to have some excitement about that, you're probably sleeping in church, right? What else do you remember God speaking over this body? What else? Yeah, and I think that's something that's going to continue, but I think that's also seed that's been planted that in a year of fulfillment, we can expect to have a harvest. You know, he said it's a year of fulfillment and harvest. And when we talk about that seed that we've planted in the community, we can expect to see a harvest from that seed that's been planted. Anything else? I think about the prayers that we've offered up. You know, prayers for our, our, our city, prayers for our families, prayers for this body, prayers for the the 
the community, the, the county, the region, the state, the country, the world, all of those things. And why would we pray Him if we don't believe Him? If this is a year of fulfillment, let's see those prayers answered. Wouldn't that be fulfillment to see the prayers that we've, we've, we've been offering up? And that we continue to pray, right? We continue to pray and fast so we can expect to see the, the, the things that we're praying and fasting for. We're aligning ourselves with God's will. We can expect to see those prayers fulfilled, right? Anything else? Taco Tuesday, which is part of this seed planted, right? And when we talk about this community impact stuff, you know, Joe mentioned the backpack outreach. Um, we've done a number of things up at the school um, to, to partner with them. The shoes that, that we gave out, the uh, old painting on the playground. Um, I remember one time we got to go up and we were able to walk through the halls and pray uh, and lay hands on the lockers of those kids. I believe that's all seed that's been planted in our community that we're going to see harvest. Will? The buddy bench? Yep. Yep. So we've, we've planted a lot of seed at that school. We've planted a lot of seed in this community, and I believe that it's time for that harvest, that tremendous harvest. But these are, these are stones that we need to look back on and remember all that we've done, all that God's done, all that He's promised, and look for that fulfillment of those things. Amen. Look for that harvest uh, of the the and and this is a partial list. I wish Angie or Mary or uh, Rowene they they could fill four or five of these boards probably with all the different things that God's told them and and that God's told this body of of what he has planned for us, what he's going to do with us. Um, and I'm just excited to hear this. God say this is a year of fulfillment. I, and I think, again, we need to take it to heart that that, that word came in the middle of a message that, about prayer and fasting. And we need to get serious about prayer and fasting. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do when he starts fulfilling the things that he said, and we start seeing the kind of harvest that he wants us to have this year. If it's a year of, of, of fulfillment, a year of, of harvest, uh, let's get excited about doing what he's told us to do. So. Yeah. And it's 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 about us choosing him, right? It, it's not about anything else but him working and him doing it through. You know, if if we choose him, he's going to work through us. So, um, yeah, it's it's awesome. I think we can expect uh, incredible things to happen this year, um, and expect to see miracles. Expect to see God working. Expect to see people desperate uh, for for God, desperate to be, you know. Desperate to find the answer. Um, and that's Jesus, and we have it, right? So uh, I think we're going to see incredible things happen. Well, that's kind of what I have for you this morning. 
uh, we'll close with prayer. Again, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and have the men's meeting tonight at 630. Um, like any man in the church to come and, and uh, participate in that. Um, I think that's a piece of this fulfillment that we're talking about. I think uh, we as men uh, have some responsibility that we need to step up to. And, um, and I think that's part of seeing the fulfillment that God's promised uh, promise that we're going to have. So uh, the offering plate again is in the back. And uh, we'll pray and close. Father God, we thank you this morning for your presence here in this place. We thank you for the word that you've spoken over your people here uh, in this body, Father God. We thank you for the promise, promises that you've given us for our community. We thank you for the promises that you've given us for revival. We thank you for the promise that you've given us for a harvest, Father God. And Lord, we desire to see a tremendous harvest, Father God. Lord, uh, we thank you again for your presence in this place. We thank you for uh, your spirit speaking to our hearts this morning. We pray that we would uh, build up a memorial of what you've done and what you've said, Father God, that we could have hope in seeing the, the word that you have fulfilled, Father God, and have hope that the word that you've given us we are going to see fulfilled in the future. You're going to continue to fill, fulfill your word in Jesus' name. I uh, pray for each one here, Father God. I pray that uh, your spirit would encourage them and, and, and touch their hearts this morning in Jesus' name. Uh, give us the safe, safe travels home in Jesus' name. Amen.